This is the Ink, Pray, Love podcast. We talk all things health, wealth, and community connection. Let's go. Welcome back to the Ink, Pray, Love podcast. Today we have one of my buddies, Matt Kama. He's a relationship coach, my friend from Bali. I've seen him blow up into doing amazing things now. Not that you weren't amazing then, but I'm just excited to have you on the show and drop some wisdom on relationships, on coaching for relationships and how to become a epic man like you are today. Thank you, brother. I appreciate you having me on and I'm excited to uh, hopefully drop some wisdom for your audience and anyone who's listening. (laughs) <laughs> Thank you so much, bro. First, let's tell people, how do you become a relationship coach? <laughs> yes. So that's a that's a bit of a story. And I, you know, before this podcast, you asked, like, is that how you want to be introduced? And for me, I say yes, just for simplicity. Mm-hmm. But the way that I like to break it down is I'm actually a self-relationship coach because my belief and experience is that the relationship with ourselves will affect every other relationship in our life. And mm-hmm. I, unfortunately... Oh, fortunately, actually, I had to learn that the hard way. And <laughs> the reason why is because um, if I was to rewind you and everyone else back to my very first year of high school, I was bullied as a kid. But before high school, I was like this bubbly kid who was very enthusiastic and didn't really have a mental filter. But it all shifted when I was in high school because I was bullied. And I know that you have, from knowing a little bit about you and your story, like I, I was chubby. I wasn't massively overweight or obese, but I was chubby enough to be called Fat Matt on a daily basis. Fuck. And yeah, like yeah. like you know, like I had digits by it, so I get it. Yeah, people can yeah. say certain things, even just one time, and it can really mm-hmm. affect and distort the way that you see yourself in the mirror. Mm-hmm. And for me, that's what happened. And my safety mechanism was to learn to become as small as possible, to be to try to become invisible. Because mm-hmm. I learned that if I'm invisible and I'm quiet and I'm not seen, then that means that I'm protected. I'm not going to be laughed at. So I became very shy. And then I was called bullied even more, being called mute karma instead of mat karma. And the reason why I'm sharing this is because how that affected my relationships was I was someone who was choosing someone putting women on pedestals. I was this very needy man. And Mm. I was someone who had a really hard time communicating and flirting and speaking with women. And I was dating, but it was very short relationships. And it all started to shift when I hired a dating coach myself. It was actually a pickup coach because for me, I had such a hard time speaking with women. Like it was just women were constantly friend zoning me or would be dating and then they'd be ending up sleeping with another man or dating another man. And my thought process was what's wrong with me? Mm. Like, why is it that every time I try to speak to a woman or date a woman, she ends up with someone else. So there was something that I, I thought I had this idea, this illusion that I was broken, that I'm quote unquote fucked up and I need to be fixed. So my thought was, let me hire a pickup coach. Let me hire a dating coach. And it was really helpful. Like this dude would take me out and another man out into Sydney. And he would, it'd be split up with theory and then also uh, practical. So how it would work is he'd take us out to a club or sometimes to in, in daylight. And he'd be like, hey, for this practice, what I want you to do is I want you to focus on just holding a conversation. Or this session, I want you to just focus on flirting. Nothing else, just flirting. 
here's how you do it. Uh, okay, this woman here, go. And then he'd point to someone and then we'd have to like walk up to her and introduce ourselves. And I was petrified. It was not yeah. easy. I was like sweating. My heart was beating really fast. I was like shaking you know, trying to introduce myself. But it was so helpful because I was stretching myself, right? Yeah. But what I realized from that was even though that was helpful, what wasn't helpful was I wasn't actually shifting why that was a struggle in the first place. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So it's kind and of like a cosmetic outer layer to like get you out there, but the deep undercurrent of it, you know, yes. what's going on there. But side note, this with the fact that you said just side side note, the fact that you said we went out in daylight sometimes, that's hilarious. It sounds like you guys are vampires. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> we went out in daylight pick sometimes. Up, pick up vampires. I was actually the name <laughs> of the program. Pick up vampires. <laughs> Sorry. So uh, yeah. then when you got into the undercurrent. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, yes, which brings me back to the original point, which was uh, it wasn't until I started to look at the relationship with myself that everything started to shift because I had the practical tools of now how to hold a conversation, how to flirt. But mm -hmm. why in the first place was this neediness energy there? Why was I putting someone on a pedestal? Why was I seeing myself below someone else? And it wasn't mm -hmm. until I started to actually come to Bali, not just here, but you know, doing a lot more internal work, inner child work, trauma work, breath work, and doing all of these different things that I started to release the trauma that was the undercurrent that was creating the patterns in the first place. Mm -hmm. And that's how I started to get into this, like shifting my own life and then starting to feel inspired to share more content about it. That led to another thing, led to programs, and here I am today. Wow. What a yeah. journey. I love that because so many people in order to heal ourselves, then you're like, okay, I, I got it. Now you can help heal others is, yes. is a beautiful journey, especially around how many of us are petrified, you know, to actually go and talk to someone and we don't know why. And then you see, it's what we went through as a child that gets projected out there. There, I, yep, I grew up the chubby kid. I was overly extroverted, still am, but that was my way to get attention. So I'd be the funny fat kid, you know? And mm -hmm. so I would go and make those jokes and then you see it there, the vampire comment. It's just like, that was like, it's deeply ingrained in me, class clown. And yeah. then you'd see, I'd see that, you know? And in my twenties, it was then accelerated deeply, but in a toxic way, because of what society can actually like, Hey, this is how you do things. Go be a pickup artist, which mm -hmm. I want to jump into that. That's quite interesting. Um, And then it, then the work coming to somewhere where you get out of that, kind of circle and you're able to look you know into a different kind of i guess a conscious community as we call it in bali or they say and you're able to see okay that's not exactly how things work here and that's yeah. that's a better place to be because that that game that hat doesn't fit on this head if you're going to be in that space right so yes. I, I love that what was the dating and pickup thing like like it wasn't like the game in that neil strauss book uh, is it neil i strauss? haven't read that so i'm not too okay. sure yeah yeah I read a bit of that one and I felt really dirty reading it. Like yeah. I just felt creepy. Like I was just like, no, like, yeah. especially the point when they're like negging where you like, you, have to, uh, yeah. you know what, you know what that one? If, if, yeah. yeah, yeah. If that, they didn't know. teach that, but I, I've, I, I know about that just from like when I was first learning about YouTube videos and stuff like uh, learning about the whole dating, a pickup community from, from dating, mm -hmm. uh, from YouTube. I mean, yeah, the, the negging, like it's when you're like teasing someone to make them feel less and then they have to yeah. prove of themselves to you. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And I'm like, fuck that shit. That's not cool. Don't, don't, don't do that to make yourself look better. Never put anybody down. And I learned yes. that because I was bullied too. And I'm like, that's not cool. Don't be putting someone lower so you feel better. That's not the route to happiness and connection. 
And yes. especially not if you're trying to date someone. That's definitely not going to work. Don't do that there either. It's not cool. It's not yeah. setting up the right dynamics. Um, so how did it go when you were shifting yourself and then learning about your inner dynamics and then the dating? And dating in Bali is a freaking tornado. And it's mm -hmm. wild. How did that mm -hmm. go for you? It was really confronting because it wasn't until I went into what is called somatic work. And for those of you who have heard this, but it's, it's basically just look, it's the relation to the body, what's actually happening in the body. So before me getting into somatic work and trauma work, I was doing a lot of mental work, like listening to podcasts, going to YouTube videos, going to seminars. And all of that was really helpful to shift my belief systems. And at the same time, it wasn't until I started to release a lot of shame what the, the, the emotions that were stored in the body that everything really started to shift. Because in my mind, I thought that I, I was doing all this reframing work, like NLP, like, okay, the bullies, you know, I, I can forgive them mentally. I can see their perspective mentally. And then it wasn't until I started to really feel that, okay, wow, here I am. I've transformed my body. However, even though I've transformed the way that I looked, I haven't transformed the way that I see. So I was still chubby little Matt, fat Matt. Here I was at 21 years old, my body, I was muscly playing rugby, but I was still looking at myself in the mirror seeing fat Matt. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't until I actually shared that in front of a room and just bawling my eyes out that I'm a personal trainer and I feel like a fucking fraud. Mm -hmm. Because even when I'm training people, I don't, I feel fat. I feel disgusting. I hate my body. And that was really confronting. And that's when I realized that there is the mental work that is so important, but what's happening in the body, that stuff gets stored and it's remembered. So we can do all of the reframing, the NLP work, which is absolutely awesome. And uh, do not forget the somatic work. You know? 100%. What do you, when you were going to explain to some of the people who don't know about somatic work, what were some of the modalities that really worked for you specifically? Mm. So breath work was really important, really helpful. The first time I experienced it, I was like, what is happening here? All <laughs> these memories that I didn't even know of was there. Uh, yeah. That started to come to the surface. So that just naturally did it. My body just naturally did its thing there, just releasing all of these uh, tears. So that was really helpful. Uh, so that was one. Also, number two, doing EFT tapping. I'm not too sure if you know a little bit about that, but just tapping on certain areas of my body, saying things out loud, and then naturally just allowing the emotions to come out. So that was really a simple one. And also, this is super simple, but just sitting down in meditation and allowing any emotions to come up and just allow it to come up and out. Mm -hmm. That was a challenging one for me. I don't know what your relationship like was with your emotions, but for me, it was really hard because I had all of these mental blocks that was preventing the emotions to come up in the first place. Like, I'm a man. Uh, you, you shouldn't cry. You're weak if you cry. Uh, I had this idea that you're quote unquote gay if you cry. Like all yeah. these things that I heard during high school that was there that was preventing the emotions. Did you experience anything like that? <laughs> like ridiculously plus the toxicity of being in like a hyper masculine like drug dealer lifestyle where it's like yeah, that's yeah. not G. It's like, yeah. yeah, right. Everyone's gonna think I'm a bitch. And it's like that's mm. like the mindset that you're around. It's like real men don't cry. And yeah. the deepest healing and transformation I had, there was like snot on my face from crying so much. Like yeah. the most ridiculously deep, like oh, guttural, guttural crying that had to be experienced that I hadn't let myself do for decades. 
And when I did it and I got out of it, I felt like a new person. I felt like I just let go of a backpack with, you know, 50, 50 pounds I was carrying around forever. And I was just like, oh my God, like, what was that? Where was it? Most of it stored in my body, in my hips, you know, and mm. where you store all your, all your deep emotions. And it's like, what, why was I carrying that? And it's, it's so important for us to let, let that go. And I think it's hard to be a man in this culture. I mean, not discounting the plight of, of, of the downtrodden feminine. I just mean like, damn, we can't be emotional. Like we just can't, it's not, it's not cool. And I think that's a good reframe to have. And, you know, the work you do in Bali, yeah, definitely the guys would question my sexuality for in my old hood. You know, it's just like the the crying, the holding each other. And, you know, we we did a workshop together, uh, that yeah. Tantra workshop um, with Chantal Raven. God bless her. She's a sweetheart. And Aaron Kleinerman, the good friends of ours, They're gems. And part of the workshop, hilarious enough, it's like, yeah, pick your pair up with a partner in the room. And it's like, okay, I picked my buddy, Joe Axelmore, like a bro. We, we train martial arts together, a bro, you know, like, like you and me, like we're dudes. And it's like, okay, now you're going to dance with your inner feminine for that man. And I'm like, who, what, <laughs> what are you talking? Like, yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. Just good, yeah. good one. Good one. Yeah. Right. And then they start playing like a sexy song. And I was like, well, no, you guys are serious. Like I gotta, I gotta do, I gotta do this now. Like I'm supposed to, I gotta like yeah. dance for you like a sexy girl. Like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, what? <laughs> <laughs> and and we started doing it. I started enjoying it. <laughs> yeah. Remember that? I do remember that. Yeah, there were some interesting exercises there. And uh, so I'm curious because this is actually going to lead to a question that I have around like what it means to be a man, right? Yes. So yeah. Why do you feel like I, this is not? We're not switching the podcast here, but I'm not curious. A- like, why do you feel like you? Why do you feel like you enjoyed that? I think I enjoyed that because I felt free to do it. Like I felt man enough to do it. Like that's what I enjoyed about it. Honestly, I felt man enough to express my femininity. And in those spaces, it's encouraged to go for it. Like guys who are free enough to be like, fuck it, let's go. I will do it. Um, I'm like, that's respectable. You know, I appreciate Mm. that. I wasn't so deep into it that I would try anal de-armoring with a buddy. I was like, that's too far for me. But the other parts of it, maybe, maybe at some point I'll be kind of free enough to do something like that, but it wasn't my practice. But the, the part before that was like, wow, those are, those are really powerful things to let go enough to be, to be cried, to be seen, to be seen, not as the egoic layer that we're like meant to be that like, I don't give a fuck. I'm me. And yes. I'll just do it. I'll just do me. And that authenticity about it, I feel that's really manly. Like that's actually unapologetically manly, which is way better than the, oh, I'm a fucking man. And, you yes. know, just kind of that, that kind of bravado, you know? Mm-hmm. What yeah. about you? Well, the reason why I love that is because it reminds me of like, there was a, a men's circle here. And one of the prompts and the questions were like, what does it mean to be a man? Mm. Right. And one of the things that I was sharing, it, one of the things that I shared is that uh, I don't believe that it's great or effective to define what it means to be a man because mm-hmm. the very second that we have a definition or a label on a man is when there is a limitation on what it means to be a man. Mm-hmm. So if a man is this over here, then that means that a man cannot be someone who moves his hips when he dances or someone Mm -hmm. who cries or someone who can dance sexy because that's not in the definition of what it means to be a man. Mm -hmm. So I think that the second that we define what it means to be a man, a masculine man, is the second that we limit him. 
right? Yeah. And there are yeah. some traits for sure that can be seen uh, naturally to, towards the feminine that is attractive and something that they want, right? On, on a uni universal level. But from a man's perspective, if we say that this is what a man is, then he's limited, you know? Yeah. So I love that you were just able to express that and also just say that you felt free because I was the same, you know? I was someone yeah. who didn't dance because it's not cool. That was my yeah. thought. It wasn't like, I'm not a man. It was more so like, that's not cool. Dancing, I'm a bad man. dancer. I just, I'm awkward, bro. I got long fucking lanky, weird arms. It's just like, what are they even doing? I don't know what to do with them. They're just long and weird. Yeah, it's <laughs> like those things at the car, you know, the car dealership. Well, wacky like, waving inflatable <laughs> tube, man. Yeah. <laughs> I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. So it's like dancing's never been my thing, but you go to Bali and it's like ecstatic dance time. Everyone's about ecstatic dance. And that's confronting mm. as a man because it's like, well, where's the bar? Where do we get drinks from? No, it's not yes. that. You drink cacao and now yeah. go contact dance with another man you're like yeah fucking right and then you're like oh really we're doing this and it's like okay so there's yeah. so many like boundaries that get pushed in bali it is like a growth incubator for you to be able to see you know there's oh there's there's different ways of new paradigms to think and you don't need to subscribe to all of it but there's something really powerful i think in that perspective shift of there's more and you can do more and i feel like you're probably providing that to a lot of your clients where they're like tight stuck especially in men's work when they're stuck in a, a certain frame and you're like well strength looks like this now it can look like this now it can yes. look like being fluid rather than rigid right how did that impact exactly. you that fluidity um and your mindset around that and then did you ever go back home and see your old homies mm. um i haven't seen a lot of my old friends in a very long time but can you can you can you say the question again? The, the, just just so you, I'm you, you becoming more of a fluid human, and then yes. going back into a space of rigidity. Rigidity. So going back to like people who didn't experience what you experienced yet. How did you carry yourself? Yeah, great question. Uh, it's been interesting. I saw some friends that I haven't seen in ten years about three months ago, and that was really interesting. It was great to just be with them, but for me, it's just been. Whenever it is and I'm with someone, a group or with people, it's more so looking at just being in total acceptance with how people are now, you know, just having deep levels of empathy for where they're at in their journey. And for me, navigating through that, um, I felt totally okay. Yeah, I felt I felt totally fine. I haven't put myself in positions because I've been in my own little bubble here in Bali. But yeah, at times I notice that depending upon who I'm hanging around, especially when I'm back home with family, um, I can definitely fall back into being more rigid. The fear of not being accepted tends to tends to show up, which is, I think, at the root of a lot of the reasons why we would create these definitions or, or, or constrictions, because there is a fear of not being accepted or not belonging because it's yeah. based on our survival, right? So that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Yo, that, I, I, I feel like we're a lot alike in that. We, we experienced a lot. And I was just thinking about this this morning. I was going through this where I'm like, okay, I want to align into deeper integrity. Coming back into Vancouver, the belly of the beast for me, it's mm -hmm. like there's it's really easy to want to conform into this like hustle culture. But that didn't bring out the best in me. You know, the best in me comes in this deep, compassionate heart space, like warrior yogi vibes. Like I'm just firmly in my practice, and yes. I shed love and light on everything I do, and I'm gonna generate a lot around me from a place of centered wholeness and it's like not this flashy bullshit that's just everywhere and i noticed it coming in on me like it was just like whoa i could feel it last week the tests were coming through and i was like okay 
what kind of man do you want to be? And I was working with a, a practitioner I work with, Therese. She's amazing. And it was just like, okay, I need to be rooted in my path, like what what my path is. And mm-hmm. if I just be me, everyone will accept it and follow. Like if I'm just mm-hmm. really me uh, mm-hmm. and if I lead from that space, I was like, okay, maybe that's the, that's manliness to me. You're just really you. But that could also yeah, be yeah. womanliness or whatever gender. That's just just be really you yes. and be a good person, <laughs> like, yeah. uh, you know? Did you did you notice that going back home? Because you you have yeah. gone through your own journey on that. Like, what was that like for you? And did you hang out with old friends? And then, yeah, what did yeah. you notice for yourself? In some ways, yeah, I could find there's a little bit of disconnection. But if I'm just firmly being me and I'm vibrating at this level, they can meet me or not. But I'm not gonna yeah. dim my light to to go down to there. Like, I'm not gonna go into that the old school like machismo locker room talk and all this stuff. Like, I'm trying not to get into that because I know that's not serving me. So yes. I want to, I want to vibrate up here. Um, yeah. Even just like negative self-talk, like, you know, big cities can have that little bit of like a negativity about them. Vancouver mm-hmm. has it, you know, maybe Sydney, mm-hmm. I heard it's quite alike where there's just a bit of a neg in everything you do. Like, Oh, it might not fail or just haters, you know, it's just a lot of people in one place and there's a deep competition culture. Maybe that's where it comes from. Fuck. I don't know. Yeah. But I didn't want to subscribe to that. So I just want to subscribe in Bali. Everyone most of the time is just like, good job. You're going to do great. Like it's just mm. a little bit more uplifting and I'm like, okay, if that's not around here, I'll provide that. Like I'll be that. I'll do it. Yes. You know? Yes. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's interesting that you share that as well. Like one of the things that just came to mind that I'm curious if you went through this, when I came to Bali, there was this pendulum shift, right? So I was, I was someone who was, you know, speaking about rugby with the boys and MMA and all these different things. And then I came to Bali and then it was all about love and light. Yeah and meditation and spirituality. And then I was deeply craving the other side of the pendulum around like fighting. And I, and I do want to just say like, hey, bro, and just and, and not have to go deep every fucking time and do a 17 minute hug and like eye gaze every <laughs> time that we meet. Like I was yeah. just craving yeah. the other side, right? And, tell me then I, <laughs> and then I started to notice that the pendulum is actually really important because then I can find the sweet spot and choose Okay, what kind of friends do I actually like? I want friends that can do both, that we yeah. can do that and we can drop in really, really deep. And then seven seconds later, we can just talk shit and have yeah. tons of fun and watch MMA together. Like, did you did you go through that? Literally, exactly, exactly. That. Bro, oh, I grew a fucking beard. I had the parachute pants on. I almost changed my name to like Lotus Wolf or something. Like I went full hippie, like full, yeah. like I went full. I was an ashram. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah, I went full. I went so deep into like hippie life. And I was just like to like the spiritual arrogance side where I was like really mm. thought I was the shit. Like you can go from, you know, a complete arrogant, you know, city life asshole you know, white Mercedes cream interior, Louis Vuitton, all that, blah, 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 to like mala beads and parachute pants and like, you know, meditating with crystals and, and like, to, to like, they're both just similar things, just in a different, you know, th- both extremes of the pendulum rooted in ego. And then I yeah. noticed after a while, enough time in Ubud, I was going crazy and I was just like, yo, we need to stick to deadlines and plans and contracts. Like this is important. <laughs> this 3D shit is important. You can't stage yeah. your daddy issues. Your credit card will not work if you don't pay your bills. Like you uh-huh. can't ma- manifest yeah. that to not like fucking do the work, you know? So I was like, yeah. and, and so that was like a, the pendulum swing for me. And then I found there are, there's a deep, deep squad of people that want to do both. And I was like, okay, mm. that's my people. Those are those, those are the people they are like, conscious hustlers we want to we want to build businesses we want to stay healthy but we want to be hilarious those are my people and i like 
I really like like that vibe. And yes. I think there's way more of those coming. You know, there's a lot that's really growing. The people like mm-hmm. our generation that just wants to do the work and tap in, and yes. then also fuck around and like The Simpsons raised me. I want to make references. Like I, you know, like th- those things. Yeah. And I think that's really great with guys like you that are really showcasing what a healthy relationship is like actually, mm. Hey, it's, it's not just all that you see the glamor of like some Andrew Tate bullshit. It's mm. like more in the sense of you can be soft and that strong. And these are, these are the mechanics of how to learn a relationship, just like in martial arts and MMA, if you're going to learn how to throw a Superman punch, you break it down and you look yeah. at actually the mechanics of it. Well, that can be in lasting love too. I'd love to yes. hear some of your breakdowns. So, so not just men can get value out of this, but also women. I'm sure they will through all of it. Mm-hmm. But like, what are some of the mechanics you'd say in a lasting relationship that really hits um, the markers of like holistic? It, the whole thing's going to be happy and growing and all the good things. Great. I love that. Great question. <laughs> I would say that the there's, there's three main things. And this is something that I love to teach, but... There's many more. This is just the three, I would say, foundation, foundational skills, right? So the first one, I'll go through all three and then I'll break each one down a little bit, depending on if you want me to. But the three <laughs> main ones is, so there's communication that, and under that, there are sub subcategories of this, right? So there's communication. In that, there's conflict resolution. There's being able to speak your needs and your desires. There's being able to uh, set your, your boundaries as well. So those are the three main pillars underneath that, but there's many more, but conflict resolution, speaking your needs and desires and setting boundaries. And then there's empathy, which is definitely overlooked. And what I mean by this is that if there's communication and you're saying the thing, right? You're saying all the formula of like, hey, this is how you share your needs. This is how you resolve conflict. These are the steps. Oh, this is how you set boundaries. But there's not a bridge between my world and your world, and I'm able to put myself in your shoes and also feel what it's like to be you right now, then it's going to be really hard to resolve conflict because I'm communicating, but I'm not doing it in a way where you're able to comprehend and hear me, right? I should also say that in communication, there's listening as well. That's a definitely a big skill, right? The listening is a big part of communication. So there's communication, there's also empathy, being able to put a bridge between my world and your world. And then there's also self-regulation forward slash co-regulation, mm. right? Because conflict is inevitable. It's going to happen in a relationship. So our ability to be able to self-regulate our own emotions and thoughts and co-regulate together, which basically means being able to, we're always doing it, but consciously go into, okay, right now we are both angry. And we're talking through this topic and clearly we, it's not being productive. So maybe right now, how about if we just snuggle? Okay, that doesn't feel good right now. How about if we just set a timer for five minutes by ourselves, we meditate, we process any emotions, and then we come back together because right now it's hard for us to both be loving. Mm. So that's what we have. Like for example, Kelly and I, and this is also might be useful for a lot of people, we have a monthly relationship check-in. And we also have a safe word because sometimes doing a check-in, it's it, it can bring up a lot of emotions, right? Especially when we're talking about some hard stuff. And just like during sex, there's a safe word, right? Yeah. But in communication, we also have a safe word. So we say pineapple. So if we say pineapple, we both have no choice. Oh, really? In in sex or in communication? Just, just safe word. Whenever I say we should have a safe word or for anything, it's always pineapple. That's so funny. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think that was from Kevin Hart. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, that's exactly where yeah. I got it from. That's exactly. Yeah, yeah. Where, yeah. Okay. I think that's where we got it from as well. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. We say pineapple, and in that time, okay. we 
it's 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 not when there is conflict, but when we can both notice that there is, we're getting to the point where we're getting a little bit defensive, right? So mm. then we go pineapple, we stop, we pause, we breathe, we snuggle, and then we come back to the conversation. Wow. So those are the three the three main ones I would say. Communication with active listening, empathy yeah. to see the other person's point of view, and snuggles. Sorry, the pause, the actual yes. self-regulation, yeah. co-regulation. Self-regulation. Sorry, yes. I really, I really like that. Actually, that's that's interesting because of course I've heard communication, the active listening part, absolutely, and then empathy, absolutely. But the co-regulation is so underlooked, and. Actually, like, okay, you need to be emotionally intelligent and you need to also be mindful of each other's emotions. And then you also need to be able to like, oh, yeah, you need to sort it out your own. I've heard that. I've had that where I was like, I just need to meditate right now. Peace. Like, I just need to do I'm going to go for a walk. That's a thing, you know, comes up, uh, obviously, with my avoidant tendencies. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to go do this. I'm too busy for this. <laughs> but yeah. but seven day the, holiday. I'm just going to need some time. <laughs> Excuse me. I got to go to Bali. No, and, then, and then the other end of it is, you know how do we co-regulate, which I think is really powerful. That's beautiful. Uh, I really love that. So how can we stop and, okay, can we do this cuddling? Can we do this holding each other? Is there closeness that we can feel right now to take the tension down to properly communicate? I like that. And the pause and the safe words. I really enjoy that. What are some of the relationship check-in questions that you have? Like if you can rattle off some that maybe some people wouldn't even think of. Yeah, for sure. So some so we go through many different areas of the relationship, like intimacy, we go into communication. Uh, so one of the areas we look at is how safe and secure do we feel in a relationship? Mm. And the reason why that's important is because if there isn't safety and security, then the, the foundation for that is so important because without that, then especially if someone has an anxious attachment style, or someone just gets caught in their mind so much and like, is this person going to leave me or whatever it might be? then it can be easy for them to be checked out in the relationship or feel unsafe. So both of us will ask questions around like, okay, how safe do you feel in the relationship right now? How secure do you feel in the relationship? We ask it in many different ways, but that's the area that we look at, how safe and secure. And then after, and also how safe and secure do we feel with our love for each other? We also look at, at, at uh, how loved do we feel by each other? And then ask each other, how can we show up even more loving? Like, what are some of the needs or desires around this area about feeling love and connection that we want to express? So it could look like, uh, you know what, I on Sundays, this actually happens, this is a real example. On Sundays, I would really love to go to breakfast with you because Kelly and I, my partner, um, we don't really have breakfast together because I wake up, I'm straight into work, she's straight into work, and then we normally have dinner together. So Sundays, one of, I think it was her desires was Sundays, she wants to go out to breakfast and uh just have some time to just talk so now that's our time where mm -hmm. out of that relationship check-in it was birthed that sunday mornings is our time where we just go out to a cafe relax chill out and have breakfast together which we don't do the six days out of the week yeah so yeah love connection we look at our sexual intimacy as well which is so important like mm -hmm. okay how, what's happening with our sex and intimacy how can we feel even more connected during that what are some needs and desires? Is it more frequency? Is it more slow? Is it a little bit more rough? Is it different locations? Like, how can we uh, constantly? Ex how can we constantly feel more intimate? You know, I love that because it's not so based on excitement or you know, like the sensorial, just like getting it really crazy, but more so, how do we feel closer? 
which might yeah. be getting more crazy, but exactly crazy as in, you know, fetishy stuff or whatever you're into, um, yes. pineapples, but, <laughs> but, 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 but I appreciate that because the intention is closeness. And I think we forget that so much in connection, platonic, relational, everything is, we want the goal to be close. Like our goal is intimacy here. It's not conflict. Can we set context? And that's something I've seen very important in conflict management and conflict resolution, sorry, is, hey, we need to set context that we need to be closer after this. So we're going to go, we're going to talk this out. It might get heated, but Mm -hmm. our goal here that we want to have mutually agreed is we're getting closer out of this. And I found that like I had a relationship check in Uh, our mutual friend, Veronica, um, she, Mm -hmm. she, she gave, she gave me that one. And it was like, okay, actually at the start of this relationship check-in is to set context. And I was like, oh, okay. Okay. Maybe she got that one from you. (laughs) I don't know to show up, but what you touched on is everything, right? The context versus the content. Like, yeah, pre-framing another word to say, like just setting, setting setting the tone for how this can go, like setting an intention. So that's super important, like using safe words or, you know, making sure that we're both on the same team here. It just creates the... It, it, it creates the how this whole conversation is going to go. Yeah, uh, I, I love that. So important. Yeah, I love that too. What would you think and to say, because I know this is a Vancouver thing, just switching because I'd, I'd really love to help the sisters in this in this talk as well. I think it's important. They hear get a lot of dating advice from women, which is great. But what about hearing it from the man perspective of how to land a man that's good for you? You know, it's a healthy relationship. I think it's valuable um, to hear yes. it from a man's perspective in that sense. Cause uh, you heard a lot in Bali. There's no good men in Bali. It's just like, you know, they're all taken or they're gone in a week. And, you know, there's a, there's a lot of women in Bali that are single and um, fellas move to Bali, but it's, it's, there's a lot, you know, there's, there's, it's, it's a common thing. It's a common, you've, yeah. you've heard it a lot, you know, there. And so that's a common narrative. And I hear it here in Vancouver as well. It's just like, you know, there's, there's, there's not that many single men, you know, women are having a tough time finding them. What would you say in this situation to say a client or a friend that's, you know, how do I find a good man? Mm, great question. So with this, when, whenever it is that I'm helping women, I tend to help two different types of women. There's women that are coming in and you could say that they're in their wounded woman or wounded feminine, let's say, right? Mm -hmm. And there's two different sides of this. There's the wounded feminine, who's more so like, I'm Miss Independent, I don't need a man, I'm just gonna do everything myself. And that woman has its own, has her own set of challenges. But then we also have the wounded feminine, which is more so like uh, a walking doormat, put bluntly. Someone who doesn't really put any boundaries. Uh, someone who is just like, I'm just going to go with whatever the man says. There's no, there's no backbone there. There's no actual sharing what it is, her sharing her needs. Because in her mind, her needs don't matter. So what's the point? Mm-hmm. So these two different women will have their own set of challenges. This woman over here who is more misindependent, doesn't need a man. This woman, what I would say to her is what she gets to lean into is can she open her heart and set create openings for a man? And what this means is, so rather than chasing a man or rather than uh, trying to, how can I put this? Creating an opening, think of it in man terms, like creating a, someone, tell me that a, a lot of men might be able to relate to is like creating an alley-oop. You just shoot the ball up. So for a lot of women who are on this side of things, they want someone, tend to want someone 
who is being more direct, planning the dates. However, they don't create that space. So it could look like if they're interested in a man, hey, uh, I would really love for you to plan a date for us. Would you be open to that? A man's going to hear that and be like, boom, got you. I'm going to set all the details. I'm going to, okay, Friday, 6 p.m. I'm going to pick you up, wear a dress, whatever it might be, right? So I would say to create more openings and also rather than criticism, which tends to be the main thing that women who are more like misindependent struggle with, I would say, can you have more approval and appreciation for men? Like lean more into that. So if a man does plan a date for you, like look at, all the things that that man probably would have had to go through in order for that to happen because that tends to go overlooked so like just being in that in that uh, paradigm of approval and appreciation and also for sure all the internal work can set you up to attract a man that's one thing does that mm -hmm. make sense yeah yeah that's really powerful i appreciate that and i like yeah. how you you took it because there's that is that does seem a bit like the anxious and avoidant in those two archetypes yes. as well where it's like the yes. avoidance, it's like, I'm gonna do it myself. I don't need you. And that's often sometimes in a bit of like, men are dirt, blah, blah, blah. I don't need a man, da, 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 that, that, that narrative. Um, and then there's the other end of it, the anxious style of just like, whatever, don't leave me. You know, there's that. Yes. And so, so I'm glad that you spoke to both of them in, in that space because there's, they're usually fall under those. And of course, we're all a bit of both. Like there's, there's, there's a, there's, predominantly, you know, we lean on different sides of anxious and, and avoidant, but we can be both and intertwined in different ways. Um, I want to drop into that a little bit because have you studied that anxious and avoidant? I'm sure you have. Um, yeah. The I'm confused about the bit of both thing because mm. there'll be times where it's like at the start of a relationship, there's that honeymoon stage and it seems it can be a little bit more anxiousy. And then once things get a bit calloused a little bit they've had a few fights you know it can get to that like mm, avoidant style i guess that's is that a symptom of honeymoon stage or the mix of both attachment styles it's a great question it's also it can also be shifted based on the person mm. so there's certain people that can bring out different sides of you and what I like to teach is that looking at what's actually going on underneath, because it can be easy to be like, I'm an anxious. It's not actually who you are. It's just a, yeah. it's an easy way to identify certain patterns, but usually it's important to look at what is it that's underneath that is creating the anxious or the avoiding the push in the pool there. There's usually fundamentally some needs that are there that aren't being created, which is why in our relationship check-in leading with safety, and security like what's what's that is what is it that we both need mm. so usually when someone feels that their needs are being fulfilled the anxious and avoidant tends to fall away and they lean into being secure mm. right so there's a great book that speaks exactly on this topic uh by amir levine called attached attached attached, uh, attached. Yeah, attached. Yeah, yeah. and he speaks yeah. about this the more the more needs that someone has uh, the more the more that someone's needs are being fulfilled the more secure they are yeah. Right. Which makes yeah. absolute sense. So someone who has that anxious, uh, the anxiousness coming out or the avoiding coming out, look at what needs aren't being fulfilled right now. Or what, do I, what is it that I need right now that this feeling is creating? Right. Yeah, that's powerful. I like that. I like that because it's it's and then you need to speak and communicate those needs. That's the other thing. Yes. How do you communicate yeah, your needs without being like because that can often come across not smooth. You know, like mm. I need this. Uh, mm. What do you recommend in communicating needs in a way that will be effective instead of repulsive? Great. 
So there's the distinction. I like to make the distinction between sharing a need and then demanding a need, mm. which is very different. Mm. So demanding a need is I need this. Well, that's a demand. There's no choice for me here, right? So another way of phrasing it could be uh, I would really love I would really love for you to send me a good morning message every day. Is that something that you're open to? That's a simple, a simple way to put it. Or I really love a good morning message every single day. It really have me feel X, Y, and Z. So mm. I feel this or I need this, it would have me feel. Or I feel this and I would need this. Is that something that you're open to? Are you open to that? Can you do that? So now there's a question at the end of that desire. And now there's choice on the other person's end where they can say yes, no, or there's a counter offer here. That doesn't really work for me, but what if I send you a good morning message uh, the days that I don't have work at 4 a.m.? Does that yeah. work for you, right? So it's that's that's a super important distinction to make because a lot of people in relationships, they're making demands, not needs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I, to I totally get that. And I, I don't like the demands part. I get like, oh, triggered about it. You know, there's the, I don't like being told what to do. You know, that end yes. of it, rebellious teenager. But then... um. What do you think on, I've heard this somewhere, encouraging the behavior you want rather than coming down on the behavior that's, you know, displeasing you or it's not exactly it. So I love when you send me good morning messages. I absolutely love it. And mm. then leaving it there. Do you think that's enough if you just say that and not? It could be. And at the same time, I could see how it could set someone up for disappointment and then uh, think that, oh, this person's now not sending me good morning message every day, but it's actually what I need. So yeah. I think that you can do both. And at the same time, say, I love when you send me good morning messages every day. Uh, would you be open to doing that every day? Yeah, okay. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, so yeah. Appreciating like the and then sharing the specific need. Yeah, yeah, that feels good, actually. Just to have the request so it's context is so important, right? Because yes. what's going on in our heads, we see things completely different. And so what's going on in my head is definitely not going on in, in her head. Okay. <laughs> I need to remember that. <laughs> yes. Yes. Oh. And it said so it said so many times around like the the mind reading, like, yo, partner is in a mind read. It's so cliche. Yeah. It's cliche because it's true. Yeah. That we 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 aren't mind readers, you know? So yeah. 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 What were you gonna say? I was gonna switch it to the masculine now. So with men wanting to find uh a woman and in this world of Instagram, <laughs> everyone's a model, you know, every guy, it just, just how society is now shaping dating. You know, every guy's a baller, every, every, it just seems like it's making life a little unrealistic, you know, mm. like it's just making dating a little unrealistic. And, you know, I've heard this, my single friends here in Vancouver complaining about it, where the dating apps are just massive catfishing scams and everything is yeah. just like, you know, face value. It's not, it's not there. Um, it's hard to find authentic connection is what I'm hearing these days. Um, and I'm, I've never found that because I, I just, you know, I'm, I'm a connector. I love to meet people. I, it's <clears throat> my jam, but I can get if, you know, you're a little introverted or you just don't have a big social circle. You're not going out to different, different social things. Okay. Maybe it's a little hard, you know, to organically meet somebody. What's your take on men in the dating pool, you know, to find a, a keeper, you know, yes. rather, yeah. What would you say there? Great question. Um, what I would say is first off, define what is what would a keeper mean to you? Like, what does the traits of someone who is a keeper? What does that person look like? What are they? How do they show up? And then ask yourself if you are an introvert, right? I would first off question that whole thing as well because that that's a 
I believe, an illusion. There are some traits for sure that can fall into the category of someone who is a who is a, an introvert. And at the same time, if someone's playing a video game and they say that they're an introvert, there's a different side of someone that comes out when they're playing a video game, right? <laughs> if they are an introvert. Like, you're not going to see the introvert them to show up. So I would question... <laughs> Are you someone they're talking mad shit on that, on that on that headset? They're talking mad. Yeah, not an introvert. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so just question that. Like, I'm an introvert. I can't go out. Is that true? Mm. Are you sure you're an introvert? Like, and and then just look at okay. A big reason why someone may not want to go into social settings is because there is a feeling of either unsafety and look at the reason why that might be happening. Yes, there might be some trauma, or at the same time, they may not have the competency that creates the confidence to be able to socialize. So in psychology, there is something called the competence confidence loop. Mm -hmm. If someone feels more competent at something, they will naturally feel more confident at something. Mm -hmm. And a big reason for me, I can say at least, that I didn't feel confident in social settings was because I didn't know how to hold a conversation. Mm -hmm. I didn't know how to speak to another human. I had to hire someone to teach me. Here is how you hold a conversation, right? So just look at why that might be happening in the first place because one of the things that i highly recommend to people is that if you aren't having a great time on dating apps because it's a real thing like there are some people that have the privilege you know being born good looking or uh working on themselves you know grooming themselves but there are some people that just struggle that they don't get any matches so what i would say is find out who that person is what does a keeper mean and look like to you and where would that person be hanging out is there some, is it a gaming conference or something like that? Like maybe that that's where your person is yeah. and start to go to environments where your person might be hanging out rather than just focusing online because you might have a, a greater chance there, but do both for sure. Yeah. So I love that. That's what I would say. I, I tell that to my single friends as well in that sense of like, well, if you want to find somebody that, you know, is going to align to your lifestyle now, go where they would be. Go join some clubs, like go, not go to the club, go join some clubs, go to like a, you know, a weekly meditation group. If you want somebody that has a spiritual practice or, you know, go to a, a CrossFit gym. If you want to find somebody that, you know, go yes. to the place. If you want to, you know, catch an elephant, you're not going to go scuba diving, <laughs> but <laughs> you shouldn't catch elephants. Don't do that. They're wonderful animals. Leave, yeah, them, yeah. leave them alone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's a, that's a really good point. Yeah. It's 100%. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I, I also it. I also forgot to mention as well, like for the because this is an open loop in my mind. I just need to close please, this. Please. For the women who are, I, I I spoke about the women who are more like independent, but I didn't speak about the women who are more like the walking doorman, not sharing their mm. needs. So this actually is going to be related to everyone. It's so important to explore the paradigms that you live in that is creating some of the patterns in the first place, and question those. So one of the things that I teach all of my clients is I teach them to doubt themselves which might sound weird, but the way that I phrase it to them is like, there is a self that you have created that was birthed out of some type of trauma. You were talking about like the class clown and I was the mute one and just very, very shy. And if I didn't look at what was creating that quote unquote self, that's who I am. I'm someone who was introvert. I'm someone who was just quiet. That's not actually who I am. So look at the self that was created out of some type of trauma and then start to doubt the self that you have created out of that type of trauma through the form of questions. That's how, that's how doubt is created. Is that true? Is that truly who I am or is it just a pattern? Is it truly who I am or is it just some type of trauma that uh, a pattern that I created to keep me safe? Yeah. So with the women who have been more like the walking doormat, not sharing their desires, there's normally some type of paradigm of I don't matter. And just questioning that. 
and looking at all of the paradigms, maybe there are some other stories there that would be creating the pattern of not sharing your desires in the first place, just going with the flow, not honoring self, not choosing yourself. So that relates to everyone, but I just wanted to speak to the women who are probably listening who might be able to relate to that. Like, wow. yes, go, go beyond just working on the behavior. Yeah, That's important, but go beyond that or go deeper than that, I would say. I love that. Really, really. And it really makes me feel a lot more compassionate and understanding. And I think that empathy is so important to be like, people are going through their stuff. Like, it's not just about you and your experience. To case in point, I didn't think you liked me, Matt. When we went to the, uh, when we did the Tantra retreat together, I was excited to like hang out with you. I was like, oh, finally, we know of each other. We got met a bunch of times and, but like, finally we get to do a thing together. Cool. Okay. We're going to become buddies. And we didn't get to dance all sexy together. And I was like, <laughs> and I was we like, didn't get to experience that. Yeah. And I was like, I felt like buddy avoided me. Like we didn't even get to connect. And and then now I understand, okay, you were just like a, a more of a quiet person when, you know, like yeah. until you yeah. warm up and then you're, you hold a great conversation. You're wonderful. And so the yeah. first, like the first couple days or after the retreat, I was kind of like, what was up with that, man? I wanted to hang out with you. And yeah. that was actually going through my head and I didn't know this backstory around you. Right. So it's so funny to like, see what that's we really interesting. <laughs> yeah. I was actually just sharing with a friend, uh, two days ago and I was sharing with her, like an insecurity of mine is when I first meet people, like I have this online presence. And when someone first meets me, there's this wall that I just not consciously aware of, but there's this wall that's created and it's back to the whole approval thing. And I was sharing with her that, um, cause I was getting to like know her a little bit more and I was like, I started to open up and joke with her and I was sharing to her that it's, it's something that I'm aware of that like, that's just natural. It's not naturally there, but it's a pattern that is created. And once I start to really warm up to someone, then there's a whole different side of me that, that comes out, which I think was, is with a lot of people. Um, but that's interesting that you share that. I appreciate you sharing that. It's so funny. This online world that we go through and like, I was in like a home sense yesterday. Right. And this, this, uh, this lady, this girl, a woman who follows me on Instagram, she was, she's going to get tattooed at my new shop here. Cool. You know, she, she signed up to be one of our first tattoo clients. So we've been chatting a little bit here and there on Instagram. And it's my first time meeting her. She came up and she's like, Hey, and I forget who people are often. Like I've had 12 concussions. So I see people and I'm like, yeah. fuck. But they're saying hello to me and but like I recognized her. I just knew this person I know, but it looked a lot like one of my buddy's ex-girlfriends and I just couldn't quite place it. So the first thing I do is like, hey, hug, you know, like I and so she was kind of like, oh, hug, like because <laughs> like, yeah. we don't we don't know each other like that. Right. But I'm just like, yeah. I guess I know you. Here's a hug, you know, open Bali person after a while. Right. And then, and then I was like oh, wait, no, that's that person. And, yeah. and it had to like compute for me for a second. And I was like, well, hugs not that bad. It's not like I was like, you know, mean. I'm just generally nice, but like, oh shit. And there's that, that like, that, that now do we, what do we talk about now? Like now we're in person and they're like, oh, it's so nice to, she's like, so nice to finally meet you. Da, da, da. And I'm like, ah. <laughs> you just, I get weird, <laughs> you know? And this yeah, online like, thing where you like finally meet someone in person, that first little barrier of like, this is real life now, you know? And yes. I'm sure a lot of people feel that like with dating apps or yeah. finding some, an Instagram and you like, you've been chatting up somebody and then, okay, now you're, you're going to meet in person now and it's your first second meeting in person. And you're like, uh, you yes. know, do you have any tips on that? Like you might've learned that just break, breaking the ice. Yeah. yeah. 
I'll share I'll share a story on this. So Please. two stories, just a quick one. Uh, I was in Perth uh, two weekends ago. I was watching the the UFC event, and one of my friends had someone come up to him and say something very similar. Like he's like, "Hey," and my friend straight up said to him, "Like, I just want to be honest. I don't remember who you are," and I loved that because. <laughs> It wasn't, he, he didn't, it was just being totally truthful. He didn't like put on a mask and like say, hey, but he just, he was just like, I don't remember who you are. And then he said that. And then they just had a really good time together, which brings me to the second story. When Kelly and I were first dating, it was the first time I took her out to this like fancy uh, restaurant and we got really dressed up. And it was our first date actually when we were together, like officially oh, as a couple. All right. Yeah. And yeah. And we were super dressed up. It was a different context, right? We weren't just sitting at a cafe now. It was, yeah. we're dressed up. Yeah. And it was interesting, all of these different stories that were coming up for me. And there were a few times where it just got a little bit awkward in terms of the silence. You ever had those times before? <laughs> yeah. You're, you're really, you're great at conversation. But for us, it was just like, there was a few times where it was just a bit quiet. And then I just voiced and I said, uh, I just want to say that I am really nervous right now. <laughs> and she said, me too. So I'm so nervous as well. And because I just said what was actually on my heart and on my mind, it instantly dropped us into connection. Yeah. Because we were saying the thing that both of us were probably thinking and feeling. And at the time, we both were. So I think that a good thing to lean into is being authentic. And yeah. what that means is being authentic about what you're being inauthentic about. I love um, it. I so love it. That's at cool. the time, I was being inauthentic about I am someone who is confident and I feel really dressed up right now. And I am someone who should know what to say. But I just said, I am really nervous. And I'm trying to think of things to say to keep this conversation going. But I'm actually really nervous. And then that just created this amazing conversation. And we just started to speak about all of our insecurities. I and love instantly, it. it was just so, so connected after that. I love it. I love it. Yeah, just get real and vulnerable and authentic. And if they can't handle that, leave through the bathroom window. <laughs> no, that's yes. cool. I love, I love that. You know, yeah, I, I have this a lot like in person when you're first meeting somebody and just non dating, just, just in life. Right. And my go-to is just, I'm weird. Like I just be weird. Like I, I'm always making strange jokes. I amuse myself all the time. I'm just having fun. Like, I'm just going to have, I'm going to have fun, whatever I do. Uh, Cause I mm. think it's a better way to live. I just enjoy it. Um, mm. It's not always appropriate, but it's, <laughs> it's entertaining most of the time. And yeah. then I get a filter of like, can they hang or not? So like a lot of people mm -hmm. go into a dating situation and they're like, will they like me? Well, I go, I'm going to be me fully. Well, if can they hang, like, will they yes. be able to get my jokes? Do we, do we have that, you know, connection? Yes. If I can be weird and will they approve of this weirdness or, you know, and if they don't, it's okay. Like it, they just ain't my people. And having that, that's huge. That, um, yeah, th that standard of, I just want to be me and I don't want to be with anybody who doesn't congratulate me being me. Um, Cause yeah. we're not everyone's flavor, right? We're not, we're not, we're, this, we don't fit everybody. It's yes. better, you know, sooner than later is kind of what I like state in friendship, in business partners, in relationships. It's better, you know, sooner than later, just be you, be fully you. And, mm. and that feels good for me, knowing. That's powerful, man. Like, cause it's, it's it's a different switch in the way that you're looking through creating connection. It's other people, it's please choose me. And then yeah. you're looking at, I'm just gonna be myself. Do I choose you? Which yeah. is so much more powerful, not from a place of arrogance, but from a place of, I'm just gonna be me. And yeah. if you can hang in your words, then yeah, for sure, we can, we can connect yeah. a lot more. So I, I think that's really powerful for people to listen to. 
Thank you. I love I, it. I, you know, and I don't want it to sound arrogant, like as in the can you hang thing. I just like can they will they will they appreciate my funniness or yeah. you know <laughs> that it doesn't sound arrogant, but I just mean in the sense of like <laughs> um, we vibrate at different frequencies, no better or, yeah. or worse in that sense. And like, do we do we connect on that level, or do we connect on a different yeah. level, or do you connect with someone on that level? You know, some people don't want that silly humor all the time some people are just more serious people which is cool we need those people like they 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 have to exist we need them they're an important part of this reality so then it's better you just know because there is somebody for everybody in that sense right um yeah yeah that's that's hilarious you were saying before we started people good oh yeah go ahead no, 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 no. Go ahead. Go ahead, please. I was just going to make a joke. I was just about to say that for people listening, what we're really trying to say is that we are highly conscious individuals. And in order to get on our level, you need to be in the seventh dimension and have all your chakras unlocked, basically. So if you're not that, then you can't hang with us. You, can't right? hang. you need to meditate with crystals and have them on your head and uh, change your name. Make sure you change your name. <laughs> Lotus yes, Bowl. you need to have sunshine at the end of your name, then mm-hmm. you can hang, you can be in that group. Bali is a hilarious place, though. It really is funny. Like, it's just fun. And there's lots of places like that, you know, Tulum on a different level, you know, Copangan, uh, Byron Bay, you know, there's a lot of different mm-hmm. fun little communities that have these like spiritual caricatures of people that are just yeah. like the, the token bearded guy or like, you know, and Austin <laughs> now, right? I, yeah, I yeah, yeah. Austin, Austin, Veronica's there, a bunch of Elena, a bunch of our friends are there from Bali. And it's a vibe. I want to go check that out. And it's sure. beautiful to see the conscious communities coming together, like, and it's yeah. spreading and becoming more trendy to be conscious. Good. Like that's a good thing because we need more consciousness in our lives. It's just, it all, I love to find humor and patterns in these things where like there's going to be that token, that guy, you know, and it's it's a thing, you know, it's going to be like that token tattooed spiritual guy. Like it's a caricature. There is other token tattooed spiritual guys, you know, I just hope they don't are aren't brown and have their head tattooed. That's my thing. Don't do that. (laughs) Don't do that. Everyone else don't. Don't do that. You trademarked that. Um, what would you, what would you say that like, uh, the date dating conscious community versus people that are outside of it. So real world, you know, versus the, the conscious community and then mingling between them, like, you know, coming back to the city and then people who had lived in Bali for five, six months. Now they're back in New York and it's like, yeah. What do you think about that? Yeah, it's very different. Uh, because I tend to attract a lot of people who are in that community, a common thing, especially with dating a lot of men is that, you know, it's, there's, there tends to be this pattern of struggling to get commitment because the man tends to just want to go with the flow. And the women's like, where is this flow going? I don't really know. Like uh, what's happening here? You know, I want commitment. And the man's like, you know what? Just going with the flow. Just, just open to connection. There's no, uh, there's no clear direction around, Hey, I really, I really want you. So that tends to be missed a lot. Um, And yeah, a lot of the time as well in the conscious community, as mentioned, there tends to be the a lot more of the wounded feminine around, like not sharing their desires and not sharing what they and not choosing themselves, and tends to be just p- allowing people to just walk all over them. Uh, so that tends to be the pattern. I think that regardless if you're in that community or not, it's just so important to become aware of what are the patterns that continuously show up, and 
a lot of the time that can be hard when you're in it. So sometimes it's important to actually reach out to a friend or get a therapist or a coach, someone that can give you objective feedback and look and, and help you to see what it is that you can't see. Because yeah. it's hard to, talk, yeah, just be self-aware. But if you're not actually aware of what's going on, that, that can become a bit of a challenge. So objective yeah. feedback, I think, is is key. You know, I love that. It's so important, you know, to be able to be, to, to see outside of your own fish tank, you know, just to yeah. be, just to see outside of this and be like, okay, wait a minute. And also mm -hmm. to be able to see your shadow aspect of it. Like you're not always the hero of the story. And in yeah. a lot of like, you know, when I break down some past relationships and it's just like, okay, there's a lot to blame on my end too. Like that you have to be able to take that on. It's, I think one of the most important things after a relationship is to, to look and audit. Like, how did you fuck up? Mm. You know, is that something yes. that you tell your clients that they just get out of a breakup? Radical ownership, being yeah. able to look at your part in it all. Like how, how did you co-create the, the relationship? How did you co-create the experience? And then, you know, I, I've had this conversation many times. Like my, my partner was a narcissist. Yes. And how did you co-create this? Mm. It wasn't me. It, it was, it was him or it was her. Yes. And how did you co-create this? Because at some level you attracted someone like this, or you allowed yourself to tolerate this relationship to the point where all of these patterns started to happen. So it's not your fault. And at the same time, there was somewhere in your, how it is that, who it is that you currently are, not who you are, but who you currently are that co-created this experience. So how, where is there room for radical ownership, radical responsibility? And it's uncomfortable for a lot of people because it's so easy to, to blame another person, to blame an event, but a lot of people aren't willing to look at, yeah, radical responsibility. Because after that, then there's, okay, well, if I just took ownership on this, now there's work to do. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So that's, that's the challenge. hard part. Yeah. Do you come up across that with clients? Like, and a lot of people, they're like, okay, you could see there's parts of you that, you know, weren't, weren't the best and that you could work on, but now you got to do something about it. And that's confronting. That's really challenging for people where you're like, fuck, there's parts of me that suck. And then you're mm. like, that hurts right away. You're like, oh, I suck. And then it's like, yeah. but now you get to do the work on that, which is a good thing because you get to fix it. Like we get, we get it twisted, you know, or it's just like, we get stuck in the, I suck, but it's like, no, it's good. It's good. You suck because now <laughs> you can do something about it. Like now, you know, <laughs> do the work. Right? Yes. Yes. Yes, absolutely. And I know a lot of the time, um, like I, it, it can be easy to look at it through the lens of it's something to needs that needs to be fixed. Mm. And for sure, there's some patterns that maybe aren't effective or productive as it relates to creating a healthy, loving, thriving, passionate relationship. But a lot of the time, as I've mentioned in the past, that those patterns tend to emerge because there is a positive intent. It's not wrong. It's not bad. The positive intent behind it a lot of the time is there to keep you safe or to have you to survive. Mm. So rather than looking at the patterns as something wrong or bad or needs to be fixed, look at it as okay, there is some part of me that was yearning for love or yearning to be accepted. So how can I give that side of me or that part of me uh, some grace, some love mm -hmm. to be, maybe it just wants to be heard or held or have a space to just express. And I found that for me in the past, a lot of the time I was trying to do all this personal growth work, but it was rooted in shame. It was rooted in, I, as mentioned in my story, like I need to be fixed. There's something wrong with me. 
But then once I started to change that and be like, okay, these parts of me just want to be accepted and loved and held. And I can still do this work, but from a different context, a different intent. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. I love that. Well, the, like we've mentioned this a few times over and over again, the context element of it. It's like there's information and feedback, but now the context has shifted. So you have more, you have more empowerment. Like you, you have some power now. And I think yes. that's an important space to, to, to really see, okay, things may be wrong-ish, but it doesn't mean they will be forever wrong-ish. And if you change the context of it, now you can fix things or, or make them better, be happier, yeah. more emotionally intelligent, right? Yes. Um, I know you were stating before we started talking, uh, you were going to wanting to focus more on, on helping men, which I think is super yes. important, like super, super, super important because – there's this, and I mentioned earlier, I'm bagging on a little bit of this Andrew Tate shit just because it bugs me. I just, I don't mm. want guys to be in this like hyper machismo, you know, rah, 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 get a Bugatti, but you're low key pimping women on dating mm. the chat, porn chat sites. It's just like, come on. Like, it's just too much for me, you know? And, and I, that does, it yeah. doesn't sit well with me. So I really appreciate when, you know, guys like you are like, hey, you could, you can own that high school sucked, but yes. not always, but a lot of people, high school sucked. It's not fun for, it's stressful as a kid. And you pick up a lot of these patterns um, that then play out in your twenties and thirties if you don't fix them for the rest of your life. So, Hey, that's a yes. time of, of emotional trauma, whether we don't know about it, but it's pretty traumatic being in high school. Like you, you go through shit, right? Mm -hmm. So you can look into that by softening, not by just hardening it. Uh, and I really appreciate that you do that for men because it gives us permission to be be soft, but also be cool and live a fabulous Bali life with a beautiful partner. Like you're doing it. I love it. So mm -hmm. it's like, that's, Thank you. that's what we got to see in this world and see more of that celebrating men, helping each other that you're doing good, bro. And you're doing it well because you're authentically and you're soft. So I just want to honor you for that. You're doing a great Thank job. You. Um, appreciate that, brother. I'm happy to share it. Where can people find you? What do you got going on? Is there anything you want to leave people with as we close out today's episode? Thank you. Yeah, you can go to uh, my website, www.mattkarma.com. And you'll find all my work on there, my upload, uh, my upcoming programs. I'm most active on Instagram at the moment, but I'm starting to post a lot more on YouTube. Instagram, just type in my name. You'll find me there. Uh, but yeah, right now there's new programs coming up specifically around men going to be running retreats as well. So, uh, just check it out on my website. You'll be able to find more details there. Beautiful. Beautiful. Thank you so much, my friend. And all of you listening, if you know of anybody that needs some relationship help, wants to level up their love game, you now know who to contact. Thank you. All right, everybody. Peace out. We'll see you soon. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Ink Pray Love podcast. I hope you found it inspiring, entertaining, funny, and also feeling a little bit more present and connected to yourself. Please leave a review and like and subscribe and do all those things. I'd really appreciate that. As well as if you're feeling in a giving mood, this podcast is there for the charities that I love to support. Go to www.aaronbaya.com forward slash charity and get some of those good karma points. This podcast is brought to you by Lighthouse Studios in Bali, as well as Full Reset Coaching. 
That is my coaching practice. And if you're looking for help in business, inner game impact, and building your legacy to be something you're proud of, your brand, your business, and how you walk the earth and who you impact, and also having the mindset and the heart set to be able to be happy handling it all. I'm here for you. Just DM me. Let's go. Peace out, homies. I'll see you on the next episode.